I'm Chief Cheryl Victorian. This is Waco PD on the beat. Whether it's crime or just getting to know the Waco Police Department, we're here to talk about things that matter most to you. Welcome to Waco PD on the beat. I'm Officer AJ Smith, the Crime Stoppers Coordinator for McLennan County. And I'm Sierra Shipley, the Public Information Officer for the Waco Police Department. We have got Sergeant Timothy Barrett here with us. Uh, and he has just recently been promoted to sergeant. Yes. So that's that's exciting news right there. I see you got your badge back. Yes, you I did. You didn't have I a badge last time, your, your name I got, tag. I got a replacement. Last time I we saw you. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you uh, for having me. On our podcast in this new year. Uh, new yes. year, new sergeant. I yeah. like it, right? Right on. <laughs> so uh, let's get in, right into it. Uh, when did you begin your law enforcement career? I started in 2015, uh, specifically July 2015. I started with Waco PD. Uh, that was right as I was graduating from uh, Tarleton State. I had actually started the application process in my last semester, and it just timed out perfectly. I graduated and started nice. right in that summer. Very good, very good. So explain a little bit of your journey here at Waco PD. Well, I obviously started in the academy as a recruit and then into in-service training with Waco and then to field training. From there, I was assigned to the 3 p.m. to 1 a.m. shift, and I remained there until my promotion in August of 21, uh, where I was transferred over to midnights for a time, and then an opening came available on the 3 to 1 shift, and that's where I'd been, that's where I wanted to be, so I put in and was able to make it. Very good. You don't see a lot of people that are excited about the three to one shift, but that's kind of the most exciting shift, though, right? It's incredibly busy. I'm, <laughs> sh I'm sure we could get with our crime analysts and crunch those numbers, but it's uh, hustling and bustling. Right, on right. 3P to 1A. Yeah, it makes that shift go by really fast. Exactly. And I used to work together. Oh, okay, very good. <laughs> okay, so you probably already know all this kind of information about him. Some of it. Or you're just learning it all. <laughs> I didn't know when he started, so that was cool. Oh, very good, very good. Yeah, he wasn't here yet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait for people to come in. Use if the I, hallway. If we I, did take up the hallway. If I have to edit this. That's okay. People coming down? Somebody's singing. Somebody's happy? Mm-hmm. Yes. You happy, Kay? Is that you? I can't tell. I don't know. How many doors are over there? Motley. Oh, was it Motley? It sounded like his humming. Oh. Yeah. Usually hum the same tune. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So you've recently promoted to sergeant. Yes, Explain the difference between sergeant and a patrol officer. Well, obviously as a patrol officer, you are your number one uh, concern, making sure I answer my calls that I'm dispatched to, do my investigations accordingly, and do them in a way that pleases my sergeant, my commander, and the department as a whole. Once you make that shift over to sergeant, now you have anywhere from five to seven different officers who are all under your supervision. So it kind of places you in a different perspective to view the tasks of all these people being done all at once, being that first line of review, uh, trying to see if maybe something could be done better or something was done really well and needs encouragement and making sure that you can uh, get that type of performance all the time from those people. Uh, it's definitely a drastic shift in perspective. Uh, there's a lot of times where I feel like my guys call me and I tell them, well, Officer Barrett would have had one answer and it had been really simple, but Sergeant Barrett has a few different things <laughs> he's thinking about, and this suddenly got a little bit more complicated, but we're going to work together. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So just kind of stepping back, what is that process? Like, how did you transition... Because I know that you had to go through a testing process. Mm -hmm. I don't know how extensive it was because I mm -hmm. haven't 
really even looked into that yet, but like, what did you have to do to become a sergeant? Very good question. Uh, obviously, we're a civil service agency, so the sergeant uh, promotion is posted uh, along with the study materials for the test. Um, it was three very large books, and we had the testing process to include those books as well as uh, department general orders, and that's posted for a specific period of time. And if you're interested, you have to announce that you are interested. They'll provide you with the study materials, and you begin. And much like the initial civil service testing, which I'm sure Sergeant Nall talked about on his interview, um, we go in, we do the written, everybody's ranked accordingly. From there, we also have an assessment center where it's a day-long process uh, where you're given different tasks to complete, and you're viewed by these assessors from other agencies of higher ranks to grade your performance and evaluate you on what you're doing on the fly, what you do in these scenarios that you're given. And from there, once all those scoring is uh, adjusted from the written and the assessment center, you're placed on the sergeant list. And obviously whoever goes first gets the first opportunity to promote and goes down the list as more and more opportunities uh, arise. Okay, very good. I'm sure long nights of studying, right? It was a couple months. I, when it was initially posted, I wasn't going to put in. I decided I'm happy where I'm at, uh, but after talking with some other people uh, that I really trusted in the department who said, no, you should go for it, uh, I decided to go ahead and do it. And it was weeks of intensive study, trying to make sure I got the highest grade on that test, preparing for what I uh, knew the assessment centers were going to be like, and try to brace myself for how to best perform under those circumstances. And biggest thing is once it was all done, it was a great relief. Right. Once right. It, it was wonderful. <laughs> I think uh, it's probably, too, when, when you, like, you graduate school and stuff, you're like, all right, testing, done. Never doing it again. Just kidding. No, yeah, all over <laughs> Not again. in this job. <laughs> Boom, here's your new textbook. Here's your new topic. Here's what you're going to do. Yeah. Uh, or if you got to give a presentation, here's your PowerPoint. Make mm-hmm. your lesson plan. Do your thing. Well, it's that time of year again, and it's the time where we search for new recruits to join our police department team. The Waco Police Department's civil service test is scheduled for March 19th. This is a day where a written and physical test is complete that you have to pass to start the process in becoming a Waco police officer. Before the civil service test is taken, you must complete an online application that you can find on our website, wacopolice.com. The deadline to complete that application is March March 1st. And for any questions, you can call our personnel unit at 254-750-7510. All over again. Wow, goodness. So how I mean, how has it been in your role as sergeant? Are you having a good time? Is I, it what you I think I'm having a good time. <laughs> uh, at least that's how I feel about it. It's a new challenge, new chance for growth and uh, to learn more. Um, a lot of opportunities I wouldn't have had if I had just remained where I was uh, to challenge myself and get better at what I'm doing. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So as a sergeant, you know, people see the patrol officers out on the street all the time. Mm-hmm. So do sergeants go out as well? Yes. Whenever we can, try and get out there, work uh, alongside your officers. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of other stuff that you can't do on the street that you got to do at your desk and review reports and whatnot. But I personally feel like as soon as I can get all that uh, taken care of, I want to get out there with my guys uh, whatever calls, even if I'm not specifically dispatched, so I can continue to work with them, see what they're doing, uh, and be there and let them know, like, I'm always there for them if they need me, not just they got to call me to come out. Uh, and it keeps me moving, keeps me motivated, keeps me uh, 
thinking on my fly, on the feet, <laughs> on the fly, on the fly, and on your feet. On the fly and Always on my feet. one of those two. <laughs> on the toes, whatever the saying is. Yeah, so that's how he lost his name tag the other day. Yeah. He and I were running through the mall, and something dropped, and I thought it was my name tag, but. Yeah, he said, oh, it's my name tag. I'm like, okay, cool, we'll get it later. Yeah, great. Then we're done. I'm like, I don't know who I am anymore. <laughs> you don't know who you are without the name tag. You always yeah. need the name tag. No, that's yeah. good. <laughs> so wh- why did you want to become a police officer? What was the, what was the draw to that? Uh, in short, I'd say intentional community building. Uh, the long answer is I'm from Waco. It's where I was born. It's where I've grown up. I'm never not going to be from Waco. And where you are is where you are and you can either be a part of the community or not be a part of the community and uh, someone once told me in very colorful language if you're nothing where you are you'll be nothing wherever you go so you might as well build up yourself uh, where you are and that was my goal is well this is my community this is where I want to be what can I do to best help the community at large and be a place where I would want people to raise their families where I would want to raise my family and what do I feel I have the skills or the aptitudes to do? And after kind of a long, intensive, you know, self-examination, uh, police officers where I landed, and I wanted to stay here uh, where I've grown up and where I continue to serve. That's awesome. That is cool. Yeah, I, I feel like that is a big, uh, uh, important kind of want, like you said, to have mm-hmm. within the department as far as our officers go, mm-hmm. is you, you want to have that community building and relationship mm-hmm. and I think that is what we're really, even mm-hmm. with our new chief, we're really trying to drive toward. Uh, yeah, let the that, community know. that personal feeling of investment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like I said, I, I'm never not going to be a Wacoan, so I might as well be the best Wacoan I can be. Right. Is it Wacoan or Wacoan? Mm-hmm. Yes, Those 10 different people. Right? You probably They're... get a few different answers. <laughs> Those sounded exactly the same to me. Really? Yeah. How do you pronounce the street that starts with the B? That's got like Target on it? Because that, that's a Waco one that always throws me off. Bagby? No, uh, targets on it. B O S Q U E. Oh, Bosky. Yeah. Yes, yes, it's not Bosky. It's Bosk. Oh, Thank you. I also think it's yeah. Bosk. So you can tell who the Wacoan is and who the, <laughs> the weird outsiders are. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, it means but, woods. Oh, okay. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. All right. Well, now learn something new every day, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's right there off all the lakes: Lake Lachlan, Lake Killarney. Yeah. Um, then you start Lake noticing Air. different themes. Yeah, and Lake hmm. Air, all the different kind of theme neighborhoods. Like if you go into Woodway, you notice one side of the states is all trees and the mm-hmm. other side is all birds. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. I've never noticed that before. I hadn't noticed that. I knew about the oh, tree ones, attention. but I didn't mm-hmm. know the birds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Full of Cardinal knowledge. Lark. See all the things you know once you become a police officer? Cool. Oh. Right? Oh, or just you start being, learning. Or just being a Wacoan. Or, Wacoan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a unique experience. One of, the, one of the two, one of the two. So what would you say is your, we know you love Waco, but what's your favorite part about working as a police officer? Do you want to help solve crime in your neighborhood? Well, the Neighborhood Camera Initiative is something you might want to sign up for. Ring doorbells, nest cameras, and all the other camera security systems installed on homes and businesses that are facing public areas are tools that could help our officers solve very important crimes. By signing up your camera or cameras in the Neighborhood Camera Initiative, it allows our officers' knowledge to where these cameras are, and if a crime had happened, it could have possibly saw the incident in question. You can sign up your camera on the City of Waco website at wacopolice.com. I'd say... In thinking about that question, the one I answer I came back to is probably the one that I found most surprising, uh, teaching. 
uh, I've had the opportunity to become a basic instructor, a firearms instructor, and taser instructor. And when I was, you know, going and deciding to be a police officer, I never thought about the teaching aspect of it. And I'm consistently inspired by how much enjoyment I get out of helping others understand new things and uh, seeing kind of that moment in a student's mind where all of a sudden it clicks and they're on the same page and able to go forward and that joy they get out of doing something well that they previously couldn't uh, just brings me a whole lot of like fulfillment uh, that I never would have thought I'd get that out of being a police officer. Yeah. That's probably something that you have a lot of opportunities to do now as a sergeant too because I feel like when I was new my sergeant taught us a lot and it sounds like your squad's pretty new so you're probably getting to teach yeah. everything's a learning opportunity <laughs> everything that's right that's right yeah I was I was thinking I was like well it's a good thing you like teaching because you're a sergeant you're gonna be you're probably te- teaching a lot every day oh, so yes. <laughs> So that's awesome. And I like that answer. We don't usually, I don't think we've gotten that answer yet when we ask our officers to come on. Because, I mean, of course, you know, we hear the, uh, you know, we love the community. We love helping people. So that's a good answer. I like that. It's what surprised me the most. Like, just stuck out in my mind is I never wanted that, never wanted to teach. And now I find myself in that role, and I'm really enjoying it. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. That is very cool. Now... A lot of times, you know, you know, we've got all these like cop shows, movies, mm-hmm. things like that. So, what is something that like you want to debunk to the community? Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't really happen in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, also, though, what's something that you didn't expect when you started becoming mm-hmm. a police officer? Well, obviously, when you hear you know TV shows and cops, I always think of cops and then Reno nine one one. The best. Reno 911 wasn't my first, but that's a good one. Uh, that's where I always come back to is uh, you think it's, you know, that kind of upbeat and fast-paced all the time. Uh, obviously, good television is not boring, and it does not show lengthy periods of holding a perimeter or staying where you are or working a information exchange traffic crash. Um, so the pace is never consistent, I would say. Um, it's zero to 60, back to zero, maybe 35. That's the number one thing I would say is the pace is never what you're going to expect. You always have to be ready to adapt on the fly. And that's something we try and equip our officers with is trying to have the tools at their disposal to do whatever task is needed next because we don't know what it will be. Yeah. Um, but no, definitely the pacing being never what you're going to anticipate. No, I mean, sometimes things do happen pretty fast, but mm-hmm. other times, that days, weeks, months, mm-hmm. I mean... Yeah, other times, it, or you wind up getting injured and you're on light duty, mm-hmm. and you got to work the phones or work an admin position. You know, he and I have experience in we've this. We've both oh, had both to do, do. that. Okay. We've yeah. both had to be on light duty. His story is a little cooler than mine, though. <laughs> oh, no, it's not. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that's something you're never going to see on the outside because it's not like really going to be advertised as like glamorous or mm-hmm. motivational yeah. uh, but it's a reality right right mm-hmm. that's interesting or, interesting you know some of these shows they get into a shootout every episode every day of mm-hmm. work and you never see them do any paperwork like what's up with that <laughs> yeah. you never see it's the admin side you know it's like the producers and, and the camera crew they're doing mm-hmm. the paperwork right mm-hmm. okay. okay i think that's absolutely how, that's how it works yeah. We're for sure. TV land. Right. We need some of those here. <laughs> TV land. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. I'm kind of interested in, in your light duty stories, but maybe, maybe we can hold oh, those off. That's, that's a little less entertaining. <laughs> Uh, but light duty, I mean, it's not always that bad, right? Not always. It's worse than it sounds. Yeah. Especially when it's more than like a month. Right, or right, six. right. But you probably get to learn a little bit more about other positions in the department, yes, right? Yes, I, I had a great opportunity to work with Sergeant Brewer in the patrol office for a period of time while I couldn't perform the rest of my duties. Mm-hmm. And that was, a, like I said, everything's a learning experience, and that was a big one for me, getting the chance to do other tasks that I don't normally see or... Um, Sometimes when we don't see something being done, we assume it's not done. Right. And then getting to see all the work that's done behind the scenes is uh, yeah. incredible mm-hmm. uh, to see all that goes into just uh, making sure that we yeah. have what we need, what we can do, uh, or just scheduling things appropriately. It's it, it's a hard road to hoe in and of itself. Right, right. I know we're getting like just a little bit off book here, but this yeah. is just me being curious and wanting to kind of touch on a certain point is it's kind of nice that when you know you guys are injured it's not just okay well sit at home and recover and you know you come back when Mm -hmm. when you come back Uh, i mean oh there's work to be done oh yeah we're all workhorses i feel so uh, it's really nice to know that you guys have an opportunity to even if you are hurt you get to still work and learn about the department in a different Mm way yeah there's always something that can be done and uh, even Whatever your restrictions are, we'll find a way. Crime Stoppers is an organization which bridges the gap between law enforcement and the community so together we can solve crimes in our neighborhoods. Crime Stoppers encourages the community to assist in the fight against crime by overcoming the two key elements which inhibit community involvement, fear and apathy. Crime Stoppers allow citizens to anonymously submit tips. Tips can get you up to a $2,000 reward if it leads to an arrest or solves a crime. Tips can be submitted by calling 254-753-HELP, which is 4357, visiting Stoppers.org or downloading the P3 app. Remember, tip submission is always anonymous and can lead to a reward of up to $2,000. Yeah, and that's one thing that I think our department, I don't know if all departments are like that, but ours is incredibly supportive of us. Like, other aspects of being injured, not so much fun, but the support from within our building was great. Right, right. Because, I mean, definitely the, the injury, that that's up there as a police mm-hmm. officer. I mean, yeah. that is something that I don't think many people realize sometimes is how mm-hmm. dangerous the job can mm-hmm. be and, and can get. Yeah. So I, I always, I mean, commend you guys for everything that you, that you do. It's just, it blows my mind, uh, the dedication that you all have for the Thank community. You. So... What was the second part of that question you asked? Because I don't think we got to it. We got off on that tangent. Oh, what you, what you, uh, is being a police officer what you expected? That's what yeah. I Yeah. Oh. You want to go, yeah. go with that yeah. one? Yeah. Is being a police officer what you expected? Uh, I'd say that's a tough one. I really tried hard to come in with no expectations. Um, I really wanted to come in with as little preconceived notion about working for the department as possible until I knew something was factual. So, uh, I definitely understood already, like, I'm giving up night times, I'm giving up weekends, my schedule is going to be what it is, so I'm just going to accept that going in. And then as I was going through the hiring process, talking with more officers who worked here, and slowly tried to tailor my expectations to what I knew things would be as opposed to what I wanted things to be. Uh, So in a way, I guess you could say it is what I expected, but only because I specifically 
tried to tailor my expectations. Mm -hmm. uh, so I didn't find myself wanting the idea of something as opposed to the reality of something. Okay. All right. That's really good. Is that kind of advice if people were to come to you and ask, you know, what's the department like, you know, one person's perspective is real different mm -hmm. than another officer's. So yeah. how, how, how do you explain to someone, you know, what mm -hmm. this department is like? Uh, short answer, it's a lovely department to work for. Long answer is it's a very complicated story about how we get to that because there's so many different things and police work is so multifaceted that frequently if you ask me one day what it's like doing a certain thing, I'll have one answer. But if you ask me another day, I may have more information or I may have just worked something similar and have, you know, a different answer. Uh, but I would definitely tell people the reality is not always what you're going to expect. So you need to be ready to be surprised. Um, we always say, as soon as you feel like you know what you're doing, something is going to come your way that makes you challenge that. Mm -hmm. uh, and you're going to feel like you know nothing. But that's another opportunity. And you're going to learn something out of it. Until the next one comes along that surprises you, and you got to uh, adapt and overcome. And from there, hopefully, you have the tools to do so. Uh, but I'd say, in the end, I love it. It's wonderful for me. Uh, but I would definitely tell someone interested you got to know that you want the reality and not your ideal. Are you attracted to the of what you think? Are you attracted to what you think a police officer is? Or are you attracted to what being a police officer actually is? And uh, are you willing to go through? Right, right. Goodness, goodness. So, what would you say is probably your favorite thing about working um, with your now, mm -hmm. you know, kind of patrol? officers as mm -hmm. a sergeant what were well, I know we said training but mm -hmm. kind of like day-to-day -day stuff I guess day-to-day -day. like what was what's probably the you know you always get excited to mm -hmm. do continually building our relationship and rapport and our ability to work with one another I know when I was an officer I had partners that I worked with for uh, actually the whole five years I was a patrol officer I had a few partners that we were always together we always worked things we could communicate without saying a word We'd show up on scene. I could tell by their body language or what we were doing or what we were told where this was going to go. And now as a supervisor, I supervise obviously different people than the ones I worked side by side with at that time. And we are rapidly getting to where we're all on the same page. We can work in concert and seeing that level of teamwork where people can go into a totally unknown situation and establish what's going on, what needs to be done, who's going to do it, that level of like, you know, we're all type A personalities doing what we're doing, but we're also able to trust one another and work in concert uh, yeah. is a beautiful thing. Yeah. And that's probably my favorite part of the day to day that's is very the cool. level of teamwork. Mm -hmm. Explain the importance of that teamwork. It seems like a silly question. Like, of course, we have, mm -hmm. you know, we have to work together and work mm -hmm. well together. Um, but how important is that when, when you guys are on a scene and mm -hmm. in, in, you have a radio to communicate mm -hmm. through, a radio that sometimes isn't the best of communication, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's absolutely vital. And specifically on the radio, once you've worked with people for a while, you can tell by their tone of voice, their word choice, what's going on on that scene. And you're, obviously you're listening to that. You're listening to where everybody else is located. So you know, like, okay, that officer's in 2200 Block of Maple, and the other scene is on 2200 Trice. Well, maybe they know that if they need to talk to one another they're going to be the closest and the first to respond to one another if somebody needs a hand. Um, but no, it's vital, absolutely, because sometimes that level of teamwork communication is 
responsible for your safety and your ability to do what you need to do, whether the radio works or sometimes like we were talking off camera about times where we've run into where the radio, it wasn't working. Yeah. And you just got to go off the information you were able to learn and adapt from there. Yeah. That's what I was just thinking of is where we're talking about a couple places in town that try to keep the radio and nothing gets out. Oh, goodness. Yeah, it's, it's, nothing's 100%, mm-hmm. but, well, nothing's 100% except your trust in your partners. There you go. That's good. That's good to think about. Good to know, yeah. right? And I like to know, too, that if I'm ever in need of help and I've got officers coming to help me, that those officers, I know, are going to work mm-hmm. well together and, and mm-hmm. be able to communicate and help me with my situation or whatever's mm-hmm. going on. So that's yeah. always really good. No comforting. amount of pride or, like, any personal issues takes precedence over safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one thing. Like, I would say the department's kind of like a family where you've got those family members that, like, get on your nerves and you kind of hate on a low level but like at the end of the day family backs family so like we're going to help we're going to work together to help you if you call us and Mm -hmm. even the ones that we don't have that level of camaraderie with we're still going to have that working relationship where we kind of know each other and we hear each other on the radio enough to know okay like I don't like him, but he sounded like he needed help, so I'm going to hurry over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, I might not like him today, but I'm probably going to like him tomorrow. Yeah. It's like brothers and sisters, right? Exactly. Very much so. <laughs> it's a family dynamic. Exactly, exactly. Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, anything else that we haven't talked? I mean, do, what do you want to talk about? I feel like we never kind of open the floor up and just say, what do you want to talk about? I, anything for that. I know, I know. Uh, but I'd say... Uh, we talked about like what I would tell someone who wants to to come here. Mm-hmm. I'd say I'll reference Sergeant Nall again. He talked about the importance of honesty uh, with your background investigator right. and with the polygraph process. That same level of honesty you owe those people is the level of honesty you owe yourself in evaluating yourself. Why do I want to do this? Uh, what's my reason? And uh, what am I willing to do uh, for the job? And you owe that to yourself because you need to be honest about what I'm going forward, what I'm doing, and that level of honest introspection is crucial. Just the same as being honest with your investigators or the people downstairs in personnel office, uh, you you owe it to yourself as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just makes you feel better yeah. being honest, telling the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, you always tell the truth. You never have to remember a lie. Oh, there you go. I think that was George Washington. Somebody smarter than me. That was not an AJ. I'm not very good on quotes. I wish I was. Oh, no. I'm not very good at that. You're good on the Waco in. Waco in. Mm. I still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Trivia. You got the quotes. Some quotes. I'll handle. I'll handle all the uh, the camera stuff. Yeah. I that. appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I think we can make that work. Yeah. yeah. Taking one for the team on that. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you so much, Sergeant Barrett. We appreciate you coming on and, and talking to us. And uh, we uh, we wish you the best of luck. Thank you so in, much. In your daily daily work. So thank you. Thank daily, you so much. Daily, nightly. Daily, nightly. I know. Yeah. yeah. Are you still, you're still, what shift are you on right now? Still 3P to 1A three, 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 three to 1. Yeah. Oh, man. I think that's, is it hard to stay? I know I like just thought of this. Is it hard to stay awake through 1 a.m.? Like, when do you sleep? When do you go to bed? Is it, like, normal? I, I usually go about sometime 2 to 3, Okay. depending on how late I've been working or if I really need to get to bed earlier. Uh, but I 
I have a tendency to keep that same sleep schedule yeah. on my days off, too. Yeah. It's just my cycle now. Right, right. It's like that because you got to have a kind of decompress from work, too, mm-hmm. especially your guys' job. Yeah, after I a take a little day. bit of time to self and then mm-hmm. you know, put my PJs on, go to bed, and feel like a normal person when I, Yeah. It's yeah. just a little bit later when I go to bed than when other people go to bed. Right, so. right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, very good. I thought that shit was perfect because... 2 a.m. is not super late, and you can wake up at 9 a.m. and have from mm-hmm. 9 to 3 to mm-hmm. be productive yeah. right. when businesses are open. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I know I used to, when I was in news, I worked the the morning shift, but the mornings mm-hmm. started at 2 a.m. And that, that was rough. Mm-hmm. That was, I got into a real good rhythm, but then the second a weekend would hit or I'd go on vacation, Ooh. just ruined. Yeah. So it's rough. But, but I appreciate all you guys. So thank you so much. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in to Waco PD on the Beat, second episode of the year. We're going to have a good year. We started these episodes about halfway through last year. So, yeah, so we get a I'm, full year this I'm time. excited to get through a full year. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys. I'm Sierra Shipley, the public information officer. And I'm Officer AJ Smith, the Crime Stoppers coordinator for McLennan County. Have a good one, Waco. Till next time. Waco PD on the Beat. The heartbeat serving 